0: Hi everyone, my name is Ian. Zhen. This is the first episode of this podcast and today I'm going to talk about a Italian film, Happy as Lazaro, which was directed by Alice Rowacker. Came out in 2018. I heard nothing but good comments about the film when it first came out. So I watched it not too long after it publicly released. It just sticks with me ever since. Recently, for the purpose of doing this episode, I gave it a revisit. Usually, revisit a film would reveal something I didn't capture the first time. Or even my attitude would change drastically. But for Happy as Lazaro, it has been about nine months since the first time I watched it. But I felt almost the same. The part that got me love is still funny and the part that made me feel grief is still poignant. I think the reason is that this film is so simple, innocent and harmonic. The director had such a gentle eyes. This film is definitely a critique of modernity and capitalism. But the unique thing about this ubiquitous topic is that even though this is a critique I didn't feel she abstract herself from us. She is a amount of us. While looking at the overall societal structure, she points out some substance that is part of humanity and is not subject to change over time. It is timeless. It is beyond time. And it is this eternity gives me a consistent harmonic feeling about this film. She did such a good job to create this harmony. The performance, the cinematographer, the texture of the film, and the story all blend so well together. They need each other to coexist. But meanwhile, each of the elements have its own subtlety it is something I have been struggled to find in some new movies nowadays. It seems almost like a trade nowadays to see a film so desperately to be quote by quote smart. By smart, I use it in two senses, one technical sense. Whether it is a filter, a cut, music or stage setting, those are techniques. For the purpose of representing ideas in the film. A typical example would be a long take. Long take might be one of the most sophisticated and even the most expensive way to produce a footage. Therefore, it really shouldn't be used so excessively. It should be used out of necessity when a long take can be the only way to approach the subject matter. Otherwise, it just becomes so dominative and the entire film can be ruined because of this wrong unnecessary placement and don't get me wrong i i love long take myself it is capable to provide a intact message and help audience to understand the spatial relationship in a film when it is done appropriately The film is aesthetically and emotionally pleasing. It is just like cooking. We use spice to bring the essence of a certain ingredient, but we have to be careful about not letting the spice to be so overwhelming. Get back to the film. Long take is a technique, a tool, something we use to polish the film, not something we want to be slave of. Another sense of smart is when a director uses film to form a statement to a degree, well, anything can be sacrificed to this statement. That's monstrous and careless. It is a little bit abstract. I will explain it. So I need to talk about my, my ontological understanding about film first. For me, film is significantly different from all other art forms. A lot of art making and crafting has its intrinsic values. It doesn't have to be a public event, say performance, showcase, or exhibition. It can be completely private, but a film is almost always public. It is not really something we would do with our solitude, and it is also not quite possible to be done only by one person. So it is a collective activities from the production to the distribution. The value of it is in practice, in how it communicates with others. As an audience... We are expected to indulge in ourselves through images given by another being. This is a quote from one of the director's interviews when she explained why film as a medium impressed her. And on the opposite side, uh, the director needs to provide the opportunity for the indulgence to be possible so that a conversation can occur. In a degree, directors have to give up some of their sovereignty over the film, otherwise the audience are not choose to indulge in but forced to do so or even possessed. That way, every single frame becomes brutal. As an audience, we cannot act otherwise when we watch it. Then this kind of cinematic experience just hurts me. It suffocates me and it offends me as well because I no longer feel I'm treated as a human. I'm treated as a sort of tool to mediate, to fulfill their narcissism. This kind of smart irritates me a lot. Smart, when the film becomes a manifestation of their narcissism, it shows no respect to the film or the audience. So does the characters in the film. I believe once a character has been created, even though they are fictional, they still have their personalities, their free wills, their existence are not there for the sake of proving the subject matter of a film. So in conclusion, I think a well made film or just good artworks in general is a letter of invitation it invites audience to engage mutually so firstly it must regard audience as people not as tools and it must leave space for us to breathe, to pause, to introspect. When it is done successfully I will be able to enter a deeper level into reality with all those to be said I think it's really important for a film a director to be quote-by-quote stupid, just like the character Lazaro. And the funny thing is, uh, etymologically speaking, stupid originally means amazement, wonder. I believe it is this kind of wandering, renders space in a film that is unfinished and uncooked. This kind of space is not a flaw, but an openness. Um opportunity to let the audience in in this sense stupidity is tied to the magnificent magic power because it is the very moment we could experience the sort of unification with others so that we can be ourselves and someone other than ourselves oh it's it's been 10 minutes i apologize to drag off you to hear who were initially for Lazaro and probably all of you are. But, I, but since this is the first episode, I believe it is really important to cover and definitely will be helpful to demonstrate why this film is such a beauty. So finally, let's talk about the film. I think I will skip an overall summarization of the plot because for people who already seen it, it's not necessary. And I myself prefer to know as little information as possible before I watch a film. So I'll keep that option for people who haven't seen it. But since I will take a close look at the film, spoiler alert. The entire film is shot in 60 mm film, which by itself already has a classic atmosphere. And with odd opening countryside depiction. It brings us into a naturalistic field. A place has its inherent elegance. Alice explained the reason she chose film as the medium in her interview. Quote, I am very loyal. If people don't hurt me, or betray me, I stick with them. The same goes for film. It has never disappointed me. It has never caused me any problems. So I really have no reason to move to digital. It is a powerful beautiful tangible technology and at the end of the day you have your reels and dailies to go through film has its own life and it is completely independent it is a real threesome the actors filmmakers and film stock she also briefly mentioned in another interview that different from digital directors don't have full control over the film So the directors need to seduce and convince the medium to work for them. I really appreciate this reason she used film. I believe the very material limitation on film can add a sense of uh, humanity in it. Because when we have no control over something, we are miserable. Yet when we have a completely control over movies, it just gets really... But no, and even boring. We maximize the potential only when our chance is not infinite. For instance, Godard's famous jump cuts were a result of short budget. Of course having difficulty is not always good, I'm not trying to romanticize it. But when the difficulty is not overwhelming, it oftentimes helps directors to be creative to understand their material sincerely. And all the integrity and genuineness Alice put on this film makes this very innocent, poetic, and luminous character, Lazaro, possible. Lazaro has this aura from Renaissance period sculpture. His very existence is like a candle, even though it is small, But as long as it's burning, the whole room has no darkness. It's so light and ethereal. And he's this figure with almost no intentionality throughout the whole film. The majority of the time, he does things because people ask him to do. He does not do things to achieve a certain end or a concrete need. He reflects the desires of others just like a mirror. We see ourselves through him. He is like a newborn baby, has no sense of pre-established societal standards. We must all have similar experience before. Whether it was back to the time when we were kids or when we had conversation with kids, our fundamental beliefs can be put on question. It is oftentimes not the case that cynicalism and nihilism help us progress. The worst consequences of those evasion is that those attitudes prevent us from looking with the best kind of compassion at the lives of others. It makes an authentic life experience impossible. On the other hand, we have Lazaro, who does not have any sense of good or evil. For him, everything is potentially good. It leads to my favorite moment in this film, when Don Claudio coughs, Lazaro immediately gives Don Claudio a cigarette. Because previously Don Claudi told Lazaro that if he coughs, it means he needs a cigarette, which is clearly a joke, but Lazaro takes it seriously. And this is the very moment I find myself disagree with a lot of critiques who think that Lazarus is a Jesus figure because he's hardly associated with Jesus. First of all, he's not there to redeem anyone. On the contrary, he has very little to do with how narrative goes. And second, Jesus stands for the unconditional goodness. In opposing to the badness, which is nothing like Lazaro. Take the cigarette as an example. He gives a cigarette to Don Cladi, which can be viewed as an indulgence. That, due to our contemporary moral standard, is actually a bad thing. But it's also not a bad thing, because Lazaro does it out of goodness. He hopes to relieve Don Claudio's cough. This kind of innocence makes him a saint without being omnipotent, without referring to any kind of religious dogma, because he's among us, a part of uh, every one of us, part of humanity. Speaking of religion, the dogmatic religion plays an active role in this film. Religion is one of the tools used to keep peasants in darkness, to keep them believe what they suffer is what they deserve. Ironically, religion did not bring lightness to those peasants' life. Instead, becomes a power to exacerbate imbalance and injustice. Later on, we, through Lazaro, figure that Don Claudi family also undergoes financial crisis. It must be a deep structural disorder that leads to a pervasive predicament. Those are the reasons Lazaro's role becomes more and more important with the story goes by because we need a figure like him to appeal. We need a figure whose humanity cannot be shaken by adversity. It is still possible to be innocent, which leads us to the tragic ending. But it doesn't make me helpless. It actually, on the contrary, gives me a lot of hope because I believe tragedy only happens when human beings act with goodness. As I mentioned, it is not a good versus evil type of goodness. It is a good potential. It is a belief of something we are not certain about but still willing to make commitment and promise. It comes back when we find ourselves in the darkness quagamile, and it puts a mirror in front of us, allow us to see a potential to overcome chaos. I think I basically covered everything I want to say. I enjoyed talking about it. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Talk to you next time.